She had a client tell me that she likes to touch up her image, and by that, you mean using the face tuning app to just make them look like they're not a human being. I well, close. She uses. She does know how to use Photoshop, so she just does a lot of skin smoothing, like heavy skin smoothing on Photoshop. I don't. Thankfully, I don't think she like moves the features of her face. But she does like make herself look like a weird little Barbie doll with, uh, with the uh, smoothing, the really strong smoothing. And I get it. Um, but she has beautiful skin. Her skin is like so smooth. Like I get. Like usually, if somebody has a pimple, um, and I'm, do- I'm doing headshots, I'm like, I'm gonna take the pimple out because they don't have a pimple all the time. Um, <laughs> I think that a pimple is fair game because it's not a permanent part of your face. Exactly. But then getting being like, yeah, my face has no creases in it. <laughs> yeah. Like where I don't have any sort of like any lines or any shadows on my face at all. Yeah. Under and my eyes, around my nose, around the creases of my cheeks. Yeah. That's another thing I'll do is I'll actually I'll lighten up. Sometimes if somebody looks tired, I'll lighten up a little bit underneath their eyes, just a tiny bit. But the thing is, is that this woman is like, she should be flaunting the fact that she can that she has such smooth skin because she's 30, she should be like, no touch-ups here because I fucking look great because I don't do bad things to my body. Who are you trying to impress? That's the thing that drives me crazy. Is like, I understand that there's a world out there to try to impress, but so few people are actually worth showing up for that it's like, I don't know. I just, it's funny. It's, it's I just like, whoever's whoever she's sharing it with who's like, Oh, man, this photo would have been so nice, but her face looks so fucking ugly with all these lines on it. <laughs> just like you, you're not looking for that person specifically. Do you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. I'm just crazy, but it's like, you know? No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's like you, not healthy. Yeah, you're like not trying to impress the people who would look at a image taken with a nice camera and she looks great, she looks done up and the whole thing. Like she like does hair and makeup and gets her photo professionally taken in a perfect lighting and then is like should probably just artificially see. like nobody looks like that. I know that's and the thing. The, the biggest thing is that it's like what happens when you see them in real life and they just go like, yeah, yeah, this isn't what I look like actually. This is just what I look like when I post photos of myself. It's just like yeah, but yeah. what the fuck? I but honestly though, I I. Despite all this talk about acceptance of natural people, just what people look like, mm-hmm. I still see like modeling agencies and everything when they post photos like um, one of my friend is part of the modeling agency. Um, when I look at the photos, the faces are also like quite smoothed out. Um, and it's just like like why are we still doing this in 2019 like in the millennium everyone was like crazy about it and everyone looked like a, like photoshop was so heavy and like everything was because everyone could just do it they had the technology and they were all excited um but like geez louise it looks like not a real person it looks like an alien you know yeah and i just like you'd think that in this day and age especially since modeling agencies like they hire people who are very, very attractive, who have very nice skin, and they have makeup artists who do an amazing job. Like, you just don't need to go that extra mile to make their face look. And as a photographer, 
I can see it because I know what the techniques are to do face smoothing. And I can see how it's kind of like this uniform pattern all over the face because they've done heel or the they've done tool. their yeah or like the um there's another one that they use but it, now it, yeah, i'm sure there's I, I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if photoshop had its own oh yeah it does yeah. It. um i think ultimately like the modeling industry itself is uh like all industry is is not the best industry in general i think is is like like for example, like if you're gonna place your um your self worth in an industry, which I think a lot of people do, including me with music and and such, it's like industry doesn't give a fuck. Industry is also predicated on uh, trends. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like imagine you're just born in the wrong time. You put all your self worth in the acceptance of the modeling industry, and the modeling industry never gets around to your trend. Because right now, if you're like a mixed race, like six foot four androgynous uh, person with like a thick ass gap in between your two front teeth and some um, vitiligo, that disease oh God, where your yeah. skin has different pigment, you're killing it, right? RN, you're like, you, this is awesome. You're going to be put in, what's funny is that I feel like they're going to be both in um, ads for like, kind of you know expensive clothing and also they'll be in like sci-fi movies yeah <laughs> like movies that take place in the near future they're like yeah there's a new beauty standard yeah um, which is totally fine and it's great that these these uh you know at a different time someone with vitiligo would have been thrown at a volcano for being a witch so it's nice that they're getting represented but it's just like all the people who are um all the people who are the who are just waiting like once the agency approves me, I will be fulfilled as a human, finally. Mm. And ultimately, it's like, I guess you're just hoping that when the agency is sweeping through trends, you just happen to like hit something. Or else, what? It's just like, you're just giving your... And also, like you know that idea where it's like, if you change every part of the boat, is it the same boat anymore? Mm. It's that kind of thing with the with the modeling industry where it's like, Okay, people keep like retiring and new people come in and work there and stuff. It's like the industry itself is this uh, dynamic, organic thing that's made up of people. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not even the same thing. Like, you know, like if you grew up in the 80s being like, yeah, fuck yeah, like I want to be a model. By the time you're actually of age to do it, which I guess now is like 16 or something, maybe younger, mm -hmm. um, it's like a different beast altogether. Yeah. You know, it's like a different like thing that's changing all the time. Like a, like a, a writhing sack of human bodies just yeah well the thing that is is frustrating is that like so what do they use models for they use they hire models to there's the runway models Move product basically yeah and then there's the runway models and then there's like marketing like brand like models that are used for like marketing campaigns basically you know like runway is well, doing something like that they're just like a different there are different categories of models because runway models have to all be like literally mostly the same size that's the most that's the silly that's why they're all so so skinny but it's just like god is it crazy to just like in advance just like i, I just wish it could just be like just more open because I always found the thing that like, cause the people that are on the runway usually are the same type of person that's like on, um, when you're shopping online, 
they're the people that are like in the in the clothing photos and I always found it so frustrating when I was trying to buy something online because I like had no idea how it would look on my body just no idea because oftentimes and I see this with Gap a lot the models actually like don't fit the clothes the models are too small for the clothes um and like they can't they don't fill them out at all like they're basically just hanging off them and right. it, it's just like I don't know what size to buy because like it says this model is wearing a size four, but like the last time I went to Gap, I bought like a size two or a size zero, and it fit fine. But this model's super skinny, and I'm just like, what? I think a and, lot more a lot more brands now are going towards this thing where it's like the uh, image will be like the the model is six foot tall and this weight, and like that. I've seen I'm seeing more and more of that. Oh, where right. it kind of shows you, it gives you the stats of the person in the photo. Yeah. So you can judge. Like if somebody is like, For somebody's sure. 190 pounds and six feet tall, I can be like, okay, I'm going to. Yeah. It's still hard though to see what it would look like on your body. And I don't think there should be a model of every size. That's kind of like hard to do for a website. Again, that would be not sustainable. Yeah. I, I think just, I think online shopping in general, not that it's going to go by the wayside, but rather that it's just like not a, you know. But what I've thought recently though about uh, marketing and modeling is that like, because they all like look really similar and look like the same type of person. Because the trend. Yeah. Same um, with the music, all sounds the same, and the, you know, like. Well, it's also just like the like the kind of media standard for beauty is like even if it's not like what you describe, it's like a thin, perfect skin, like a like you know old style version of beauty. Usually, um, what I was thinking is that like, okay, people love seeing people that look like them in ads and stuff there are so many actors who don't have work who don't mm. look like models yeah but they're in like diarrhea <laughs> medicine commercials i know i know and i was just like what if we just opened it up and it was just like talent agencies and the models had to compete with actors because actors can do exactly the same shit they just look differently they just look different it's just like i uh, think it's you know, it's probably just like anything else where it's like they just if I'm a modeling agency person, I'm just on Instagram and I find someone who's already famous and I just go like, Hey, do you want to be a model? Yeah. Same with music. It's like, Hey, you you have a five million followers. Do you wanna like make an album? If I spend thirty thousand dollars and it makes thirty one thousand dollars, then this has been fine. I'm like, you know, yeah. roughly. I think it's just that I think it's like the conventions will only change when the industry itself like just like falls apart. Like when there's yeah. some like middleman that shows up where it's like, do you need a model, but you're sick of dealing with model agencies? Like mm -hmm. now here's a middle person who can just, who can be the like Ollie Quinn of classes, like of models where you're just like, yeah. I recently got classes from this company called Ollie Quinn, not a sponsorship, but it was like 265. And it would have been 165 if I hadn't have needed prisms. Wow, because the prisons were fifty dollars per frame. Wow, so and it was two sixty five after taxes, after everything. Wow, which is uh, crazy because um, you know if I went to uh, like I have glasses on the top of the piano, one lens is missing, screws are out, <laughs> arms are wa wacky as fuck, slippy nose pads, totally gone, just sliding around my face oh, all the time. I'm so excited for you to get your new glasses, and they're the wrong prescription. So <laughs> so I have the glasses, and I'm like, okay, I paid like five hundred dollars for these. Yeah. It lasted three or four years, five years, something like that. But uh, but it's just like, man, five hundred bucks. And Warby Parker for plastic for like these glass. It's like two yeah. pieces of, of fucking glass surrounded by a frame that is is 
falling apart. Yeah. Uh, versus Ollie Quinn, which had a storefront just like the other competitors, and it was yeah. like two hundred and fifty bucks. Sorry, you're, I can tell you want to say. Sorry, something. sorry, no, no, no. Um, I, I, I just, I thought you were done. Um, Warby Parker, when we priced it, also was like six hundred dollars for mine because mine were progressives. And they were supposed to be like the pioneers of like more affordable glasses. Yeah, or that's what, they were like the Indies or whatever. I, I remember um, when we walked in, the the thing I noticed immediately was like you had to have the salespeople just down your throats. Yeah, because there must have been some, there must have been yeah. some uh, incentive, like a sales numbers or a floor number commission. Like some there's something, or just like we will fire you and you will not be able to eat food. Yeah, uh, so. Whereas Ollie Quinn, when you walk in, people just kind of sat there. They're always it's always like two women sitting and drinking tea and just talking. And I always kind of want to be friends with them. They're yeah, always they're always really nice. so nice. <laughs> and, then, and and I it actually doesn't feel like a a ploy. Like I said, there's no upselling. They don't try to hit you with the like like when I bought mine, they were like, "Do you want blue light reduction? Do you want this? Do you want that?" They didn't hit me with any sort of upsell. It was just really like. They let us just walk around and try on glasses, which is, I, I'm assuming that 80% of people are just like trying on glasses. Yeah. See what it would look like or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, and then when it was ready to buy, I just walked my frames over and I was like, okay, I'm going to get these. And the whole thing took two seconds. Yeah. She was so nice. Like, I feel like I should start going to Ollie Quinn's and just hanging out to try and make new girlfriends because they're all so nice. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about that recently, the friendship thing. Um, I think... So our, our plan, we talked about this yesterday, because I was kind of hitting a wall of like, we moved to a new city, and we just don't know anybody. We don't have mm-hmm. any of the network of, uh, of like, no, no one that you know uh, from your childhood. Like, I, I don't think we really want to hang out with. Yeah, the one person that I kind of hang out with, um, I am doing a trade that gives me nice value with, like, JC, I take photos for her she gives me like a massage that makes me feel all fresh and yeah and there's certain people that, that uh, are from here who are who are really nice and and all that kind of stuff but um but generally speaking like the my the people i was hanging out with um after high school like all ended up in the video industry all ended up like in the world of the stuff and then when i needed work they would just go like hey um I have some stuff laying around or, or they would uh, ask me if I wanted to shoot away. Like just by knowing a bunch of people in the industry, we would get kind of opportunities and we would get stuff. And mm-hmm. and what's nice is that when you hang out, you have something to talk about because you're in the same industry. So you're yeah. like, you could talk about cameras or you could talk about music or you could talk about whatever. And then, like I said, they're like, fuck, I'm uh, swamped. I can't take this date. Jesse, do you want to take it? I know, I know you, like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So now we're in British Columbia. And we don't know anybody, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. I'm fine just sitting here and doing music every day. But there's a certain point where it's like, okay, network is a part of it. Yeah. So I figured that we would budget out X amount of money to go in and out of Vancouver every like once one day a week and meet people and and uh, do work and and uh, you know just like make free videos for people and and do stuff. So maybe one of the things we do is we go to Ollie Quinn and we're like, hey, do you want to hang out? Yeah, we just moved here and you seem really nice. And <laughs> yeah. thank you for the glasses. And let's get a drink at some point, or or, or not, or whatever. Coffee, yeah, just like <laughs> just whatever. You know, like I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's so foreign. I think for people for an adult to walk up to another adult and just put their motives like on the table. Like, do you want to hang out? Yeah, we don't know anybody. 
Yeah, left-handed girl was nice. Yeah, um, lefty was nice. Um, yeah, it, it's really weird. And I also, like, especially, not, like, I, I want the friendship to be pure, but also, like, within photo and video, it is so network-based. Like, I, I was in, we were in Montreal recently, and I just was, like, probing the... Um, not probing the town. Probing the annals. <laughs> probing of Sadie. The city. Yeah. I was uh, I was asking Sadie questions about um, how she got into her kind of like regular, decently paying job that she seems to enjoy because she likes working with the people that she shoots for RW and Co. She goes in and she just snaps photos and the models do their thing and like um, she wants to do other things I think, but it's just kind of nice to have that extra padding, you know. So I was like, that would be great to get that kind of like job like three days a week or something like that. Right. And uh, how did you get into doing this kind of thing? And she's talented and whatever, but it was mostly like, oh, I started working here because of this referral from a friend. And then like this, uh, this friend told me to go work at Ardeen. And then we started working at Dynamite. And then somebody at RW told me like a lot of it was just friends and people knowing each other and not just friends, but like other photographers that just kind of were in the same circle and just, and she also did that for me. She, she referred me to Airbnb and I, and I got that job for a little bit. Um, and that's what it is. And I feel like here, we just don't know anybody. Like the closest thing I have to knowing somebody in that industry is a model. Um, and it's kind of not really no, the we, easiest we gotta, route. We got to put ourselves <laughs> out there. I think that, the other thing about photography, like we've talked about this before, I have like a hierarchy of the arts of what which ones I think are more difficult than the other ones, yeah. which is highly uh, controversial because if you are not in the the ones that I think are the most, I don't know, difficult. Like it's really about difficult. It's not even about nobility or anything. It's just literally like, like you, I told you this, like I think photography and dancing is at the bottom. Yeah. Photography is really easy, especially and, now. Uh, Cause like everyone just has cameras like feather given for. Yeah. And it's also presence. just not that hard. It's just like once yeah. you take, once you take focus and exposure out of the equation, yeah. it's like, yeah, the, now it's just about, f- now the hard, difficult thing about good photography is putting yourself in, complicated situations like editing sh- a little bit like i think but then even then now there's like presets. filters yeah, yeah go auto leave. filters and the the reason i the reason i say this is because um it doesn't make a difference to the consumer hmm. consumer doesn't care because no yep. consumer i'm aware of is looking at photos and being like what did you edit this in aperture or lightroom or did you was this yeah. filters or vsco or like they don't know the goddamn difference. They have no, no idea. Same with like two degree music, but even music has a. There's a point where you hit music, and if you just have no clue what you're doing, and you're just letting the computer do its its thing, like dragging loops or dragging samples or whatever. Yeah. Um. There's there's just this point of you either have to start making your own stuff, your own loops, your own sounds, or you risk sounding like everyone else. Whereas in photography, like no everybody uses the same styles like it's not like there's the difference is so um so so tiny yeah excuse me it's like uh so so tiny the difference like a black and white photo is a black and white photo to the average person yep and i think a lot of it actually is um no matter what the photo looks like a lot of it is because of network like a sense of trust like i feel like if somebody that they know is um 
that they've been referred to by a friend who's a cool person and other people know that they've been taking their photo by them and stuff like that. I think there's like a sense of trust that like whatever they give you, they'll be like, oh, amazing. It's great. I'll like refer you to five different people. And it's just Mm -hmm. because like this sense of trust, they're not going to question things. Like I, when I have a client that I've never met and I doesn't know anybody I know, there's usually a bit of like, okay, like, is it going to be, is it going to be light enough at this time? Are you sure it's going to be light at this time? Like, is it going to be okay? Like, it's like shooting over here. Like, can you make me look like this? Like, are you going to be able to make me look like this? Because they just don't know. They mm-hmm. just, people have no idea how photography works. So Plus anxiety. Yeah. And yeah. Also, everyone is super anxious about photos. <laughs> yeah. The type of, there's a good chance that the type of person who's getting their photo taken is anxious. Isn't it? Isn't that a funny thing, the anxiety? Anxiety yeah. is... um. We've talked about it so much. How do you feel like your anxiety is in general? Do you think it's better? Yeah, I think it is better. Um, you think it's taking new forms or is it? It's hard to like, I, I think, I don't know. I, I actually, I haven't been thinking about it too much. I definitely feel it like, I definitely feel it when I have stuff on my plate that I haven't done. Mm-hmm. Like I start to feel just like, <sighs> um should I let her in? No, it's okay. We, uh-huh. I'm just looking at her little cat sushi outside of her. <laughs> She's doing little cute sounds. But yeah, no, um, I definitely feel like I have more control over my brain. Like, um, I definitely feel like I have much more control over my brain. Like, it used to just run wild all the time. And I, like, for example, yesterday when you were, mm-hmm. when you were having a bad day and you were kind of, like, ruminating about, um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard that little... <laughs> she's very good um that kind of thing when we first started dating would make me like f- go into panic mode like yeah. we are breaking up jesse's <laughs> going to kill himself like we're like he's gonna like just tr- life is going to end as we know it um and yesterday <laughs> i um i really like actually had the conscious thought pattern of um like this is a bit of an episode clearly i know he does feel like this to some degree but today it is exaggerated and i need to make him know that he is being heard and that and to ask him questions instead of jumping to conclusions mm-hmm. like and, and, and jumping to the worst case scenario and being like why would you do, why what but but like ex- excuses and, and and reasons why things weren't the way they were i was just trying to like ask questions and like and i hope that it was better than i used to be because that's the kind of thing that like i, I think i used to react really poorly to other people i think that's i think i have like a basis well my enneagram is the six type so i'm like a fear type and i think like i also have been bullied a lot so um when i interact with people my um and this still happens to a degree like i think my anxiety is worse when i hang out with people who aren't you because i'm around you so much I'm really, I think, getting better at being less anxious with mm. you. Um, but yeah, um, I understand. It's like the ability to—it's kind of a—it's—it's it's a strange idea to not take people at face value all the time. Yeah. Sometimes to just, um, sometimes to just understand that people might be going through a phase. I talk about this with like weight and stuff between you and I, where it's yeah. like, where you know, you should have a sort of a window of what people's. You should have a window of of what your your weight is, you know. Like people, yeah. I think just with the seasons, 
thicken up in winter and and uh, generally speaking uh, <laughs> become uh, you know a little more plump around the holiday season and when it's uh, when it's important to stay warm. Unless you're a chonky little cat and then you're chonky all the time, like sushi. She's um, <laughs> so same way that you have a window for your your weight so that you can stay sane and when you fluctuate 10 pounds, you don't freak out. Um, similarly with emotional state, it's like people need to have a, uh, you need to have like a, an, an accepted window for other people yeah. for their emotional states. And mine just happens to be very, very wide, mm. which is like I can be manic. And yeah. I can be depressive. And yesterday I was just like, I don't know. I was just fed up. fucking fed up with my own bullshit. I was just like, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. You have so much uh, so much potential and you think highly of yourself, but it means nothing if you don't you know, fulfill it and you don't um, act the way you know you should act and you don't uh, actually do the things that you're capable of, then what good is it? Yeah, and yeah. It's not like I'm in my 20s anymore where I can just... Um, be like, there's time. Like I, I could just kind of fuck around, mm-hmm. and maybe I think about this. Like I don't know where I'm at relative to other thirty year olds. Like I don't, I, I don't have any data about like how I'm doing relative to the average person in the population. But if I compare it to my, uh, if I compare myself to myself, you know, yesterday, a year ago, five years ago, et cetera, like. Some things are, are I'm very happy with, and some things are just like, I'm just doing the same shit. Yeah, I just like never got a hold of certain things. And seemingly the way the way I uh, see change happen in my life is through these episodes of like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, you're kind of, you tend, uh, from what you've told me, those kind of things when you start to basically like call yourself a piece of shit and insult yourself, are ways to like move forward. Whereas like, I think I start projecting because there's also things that I'm very frustrated with for not getting a hold of. Like I'm really not organized and I really, um, I really have a hard time keeping a schedule. The same thing is like committing to things, just putting myself out there, just making the stuff and working hard. It just is just always been a struggle for me, just such a huge struggle. So I think when you start to say those things, um, I project a little bit and I try and tell you like, Oh, you're not bad. Yeah, it's fine. Like don't, don't, and I think that's, you know, I I understand why you do that too. But I think it's because I have also less self-confidence than you. Like I, and less to think that I am have a lot of potential or whatever. I'm yeah. more likely to go like, oh, this is a joke. I'm like one of those people who's like, I'm going to be a singer-songwriter and just like has no idea that how bad they are and like how they have zero chance because they're just not putting the pieces together. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of thing that I am more likely to go to. Um, yep, I, whereas I understand you seem that. to keep on trucking and like it makes you change your mind but also some of it does make me change what I do like this morning I woke up and just like start just got up and stayed up and started doing the laundry and uh finished a little photo thing like we were talking at the beginning I finished those photos and sent them out and you know yeah that kind of thing no I I totally understand I, I think that's that is the main difference it's like for someone who is just if I was just trying to be a if I was trying to be just a bedroom producer yeah like if I was an amateur musician, if I consider myself an amateur musician, I would be absolutely killing it. As mm-hmm. an amateur, I'm like one of the best weekend rockers 
ever. Like yeah. I, because I can play all these instruments and I can record songs from scratch and all this stuff. But I don't consider myself an amateur. Yeah. No, you're. So, so like, if I'm thinking like, okay, I am like uh, a John Mayer type or something. It's like there's a huge difference from the way John is running his organization compared to me. Yeah. And because of that, I can't help but go like, okay, dress for the job you want. How are you doing at the job that you want to have? Yeah. Well, I'm doing a terrible job at the job I want. Yeah. And that is the freak out. Yeah. That's when I go like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. your hair is thinning and your fucking lower back hurts and all sort of shit. And it's like, but you're, but uh, other aspects of you are very adolescent, mm. even though you have this, you know, you have, the, you're, you're occupying this adult body. You have these adolescent things that are just stuck in your, no, these rhythms true. and these artifacts of being a teen are still around these belief patterns and all sorts of stuff. A yeah. huge part of it, I think yesterday was for me, like I ended up working on a first day of my life, but a version that's. That's uh, I, I have a few versions of this song out. It's kind of yeah. like my, it's kind of like my uh, tester. You know when you have that, you have a thermostat in the pool. Yeah, you can pull it out and see what temp it is. Yeah, kind of tells you like where you're at. Yeah, I kind of feel that um, that song is almost like my thermostat. Mm. If I start playing it, you kind of see where my my style is at. So I was, I was doing like a, I did a finger picking Travis style picking version of it. Mm. I just was like, this is pretty quaint, but I do I don't love the sound of it. Like I I, I did this for years, and uh, I it just felt like it didn't have enough dynamic because Travis picking is, is really one note. I don't listen to Travis picking. Yeah, I don't I don't like I don't uh, uh, jam on Travis picking songs anymore. No. So I probably shouldn't record them. The things that really get me hard <laughs> are uh, little fluffy cats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, she's just being so cute. <laughs> um, the things that the things that really get me going right now are like greasy ass, almost like lo-fi hip hop stuff. Yeah, kind of. like those textures, the waviness, the the energy of it, all that kind of stuff. So I'm just like, man, maybe I should stop resisting that and just make more of it. Well, you were I, listening to the Fox Warren. Listen to Fox Warren. Listening to uh, Matt Corby. Listen to Chet Faker. These guys have really great texture, really great, yeah. really great texture. That's the best way I could put it. It's yeah, like, I think like people s- are into that too. Like, uh, I think not just you. I think like general audience is into that too. Like, I want to make more. Um, like, I love the idea of being a like a Joni Mitchell style singer songwriter, but I also like have this degree in jazz, and I listen to a lot of like. Mariah Carey and like a lot of like uh, Lionel Richie. Well, Lionel Richie is not exactly like, but it is textury. It, it's like, so, and he it's does the, a lot of runs. He's famous for those runs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like weird. Like he doesn't even. Is I don't. I don't think of Lionel Richie as being a big singer, but he acts like one. So he kind of gets treated like one. You know. Yeah, I should try jamming out on the little keyscape with um with uh, the song I've been trying to write because I've been trying to write it and oh oh my god. I've been trying to write this song and I have this little this little girl. I have this little girl right here. Um she's not down to be taken away from no, her. No, it's cuz I I threw her over to you kind of yeah. like I transitioned her so she, I think it's like cats don't like to be placed no. somewhere. They like what? to choose. They like to choose. <laughs> um but I would love to try actually just jamming out with different textures because 
the acoustic guitar is really great and I think it'd be really fun for like live stuff but I think yeah I don't know I think like yeah I think you have to I think starting where you're at is amazing because it's like if if I'm like uh I'm always learning a million things right now it's like drawing and uh, coding are things where I'm just dipping my toes in the total basics of a shading pressure like all that kind of stuff um and rather than go like i'm going to take on a uh i'm going to try to make a masterpiece right away you know i've been learning a lot of just like um sketching yeah proportion yeah figure face that's so important yeah like, that ruins a photo and that's what i have a lot of hard, hard <laughs> I love, time with. i love the um <laughs> i love the internet's like there's a I, I remember years ago I looked at this thing that was like, you know, back when listicles were hotter. I think maybe they still are hot. I just I'm not on the platforms, but it's like 15 terrible celebrity drawings. Yeah. Okay, oh yeah. And then I'm going down, and they all have the same thing, which is like the faces. They just because they don't do like a circle line through it, half where the eyes go, half between the eyes and the chin, and then the human body is like six more heads of size like yeah, they, they don't do that it's rough and one of the photos was just called the the person writing it was like this one is called sarah michelle geller oh <laughs> my like, god yeah like, i remember that yeah remember that. that one is so funny that and the phrasing of that is so um is amazing is i amazing. love listicles man like that was what i sent you yesterday the wedding um i, I found this ridiculous listicle that was full of like scammy looking ads and stuff yeah, always. and it was like, it's always like one of the harry potter kids and they're like how did they miss this yeah yeah like, yeah okay. um or like belly fat like just stuff mm. about belly fat it was like a sketch of like a person with belly fat anyway um this one was like br like dr uh dresses it was wedding dresses um nice. and there was one woman who had a train that was like must have been like a hundred yards long and it had like this snake of like children carrying yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, football field. <laughs> and it's just like, you look at that, it's just like, I, I'm not one, we talked about this recently, but I'm not one about the, the patriarchal nature of of uh, weddings purely no. because of the like 500 million year old relationship that mammals have with yeah. each other. Um, to, all, to say that like, not that there aren't aspects of them that are, that are problematic, but you don't have to do those. No. Like that's the, beauty of it i've always wanted to oh sorry and so when someone has a super super long train uh my mind is like and the dress and the shoes and everything it's like this woman literally can't move if there was some sort of disaster she would be incredibly compromised yeah whereas a guy in a suit would not be no it's yeah. and in my mind i'm just like yeah this is some shit the train and everything about the fact that a woman, and we've shot weddings, I've done it for years, you, you've been doing it for now two, three years, Yeah. and it's like any, anything to make women feel like they can't move, they can't go to the bathroom, Spanx. they don't have agency, they can't do stuff, makes me weird. My favorite wedding dresses are always just kind of super functional. I love a function, I love what a, a bride <laughs> can like move around, and she doesn't feel, she's not going like, I gotta change my shoes in I'm going to walk down the aisle and then I'm going to change my shoes right away. Yeah. I'm always just like, it's sad that there is such a like, it's sad to me that there's such a value on that moment. Like when I walk down the aisle, I'm wearing the shoes that hurt. I'm wearing the dress that's tight. I'm wearing the train that's awkward. It's just like, I wish that for you, the person you did, like it wasn't like, 
Oh my God, the pins in my hair are coming apart. My makeup is running. My shoes are achy. The train is getting caught on stuff. All of these things combined sour my appreciation of my wedding day. And you just yeah. go like, isn't it a shame that you didn't have to have any of this stuff? You could have short hair and a flower crown mm -hmm. and a fucking super functional dress and like a little bunch of wildflowers and just be yeah. like, yeah, I'm fulfilling all the societal norms of weddings. Meanwhile, you're happy, carefree. You don't care yeah. if, the, if the, your dress gets a little dirty. You don't because you got it. Well, you got it from anthropology used, and you don't care if you got like the flowers or the little things coming undone because it's like eight flowers you can hold. Also, the main reason a dress gets dirty is because it's fucking long, super like, fucking long. Like I have always been into like a T length, which is just just like about like mid calf kind of thing, because or um just above the knee because it's just like. Why the fuck would I wear something that I can't move in? Or like stuff that looks like it's just going to be, you're going to be adjusting the straps all day, all day. Or like, oh, I have to get like a oh, special like mechanical bra because like there's a back that goes down to my butt crack. It's just like, what? There's that. And there's all, it's always the people who have strapless. The strapless oh. people are always like tugging all day at the dress, trying to bring it up because it's like it's like it's really tight just below the boobs. Yeah, and then it, there's extra room, and, and it, it kind of just like yeah, it falls. It pulls all day. and makes the boobs look flatter, and, and they want like, to have the fuck. cleavage. Yeah, yeah. So no, so so um, to go back though to the the uh, songwriting stuff and the mm. coding and the drawing, yeah. you're playing acoustic guitar and you're singing. That is a great place to start mm -hmm. and to to like work up from that like if you get good at that which you're already well on like for the average person you're, they don't maybe like you're picking you're strumming with a pick yeah but I, then again i did finger style like forever like i you know it's like well, it's I'm not like you to, have to do a strumming but. i'm starting to work on that a little bit like and i'm just being more precise because like i never quite understood that like strumming shouldn't be all st six strings at once it should be more of like a like you're kind of putting more stress on the top strings or the bottom strings and yeah, you should like, keep kind of a steady rhythm. I was playing piano yesterday. It's the same thing. It's like note choice is super important mm -hmm. from the perspective of like for, for a million reasons. The reason I was being very picky with note choices and the reason why lately I've been thinking about it a lot is because, and I, I wish somebody had told me this, but no one did this just, maybe this is what I have to do. Maybe this is what I have to tell people this stuff that I'm like, why the fuck doesn't anybody say this which is that if you decide to record more notes on more instruments in your recording mm -hmm. you will have a much harder time mixing it because yeah. there are just more notes yeah now that doesn't make sense if you don't understand how eqing works but it's just like when you add a note it's adding energy to the song in that area and multiple instruments will will add notes in the same area and then that area can become cloudy and muddy and you can't really hear well and the easiest way to to get around that is if I play like a fucking shell voicing of a chord on the piano, if I just do like one and fives and stuff, and then on the guitar, I do the threes and the sevens, and on the voice, I'm doing like some other thing. It all just kind of fits with very little work. And like when you go like, you know when like you're recording something and it's just like, maybe you don't are familiar with this. Sometimes you're tracking something and if something disappears. You're like, mm. I just can't hear the bass right now. Yeah. I can't hear this, can't hear that. Because it's, it's like, yeah, the, every time the bass drum hits, it like fills that energy. It's like imagine I'm talking to you right now, and every once in a while, some a bunch of people with a similar kind of vocal range as me start talking at the same time. It looks yeah. like I just can't hear you uh, <laughs> in everybody talking. Yeah, I'm hearing impaired. I can hear fine, except when there's a bunch of other people in the room. It's not that I can't hear. It's <laughs> that I can hear everything, and I can't 
<laughs> I love that. It would be disingenuous to say I am I am hearing impaired, but if there's lots of sound, I have a I have a hard time soloing things out. Dale is one of the funniest things. Oh, is that his name of the show? No, 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 no. Um, I don't know what his name Nate. is. Yeah, Nate. His name maybe. Is Nate. Yeah, because he I will he be talks so to Daryl. So handsome for you, Daryl. Oh, Daryl. <laughs> probably one of my favorite lines. The whole office is just oh, Daryl. They're what? so elegant. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He buys he buys those like gloves also Daryl buying like weird gloves for the yeah, girl. Elbow length gloves. Yeah. Like it's uh what, like it's the tans or something? Yeah, like why would that woman be into that? Uh like going back to her like late eighties teen times or something? Like Oh, I uh, got this for Nate. Isn't it so it's so funny that the office <laughs> just like oh Daryl. They're so elegant. <laughs> yeah, that's super funny. Um, <laughs> hey, has anyone noticed that gum is getting mintier? That's another great Nate line. That guy, so the guy who played Nate, before he was famous for being in The Office, yeah. he would go on local TV channels in, in kind of Midwest towns in America and pretend to be a yo-yo expert and go mm. on TV wow. and just like be awful at yo-yoing. And oh people would God. not know what to do with it because they're like, oh, man, we gave like it's six in the morning <laughs> and we gave this guy four minutes to yo-yo. Oh, I hope he has everything he could ever want that man. He's so funny. That, la- that the way Nate the, is the fact that and the writers, the writers who gave him who yeah. gave him these incredible prompts and the way he delivers it is so with the sincerity is so funny. Yeah. The, just imagining just going back in my little brain and imagining Daryl uh, going like, uh, like, yeah, I got these for Nate and. Just like, oh God, I gotta give them to somebody. And then <laughs> Nate loves them. Yeah, he just. Oh, Daryl. Just... They're so elegant. Oh, Daryl. <laughs> like, you gotta have that kind of like definite, like, oh God. He's so sincere about yeah. it. God, so fucking funny. <laughs> anyway, so it's good that you're recording guitar and vocals and you're just focusing on that right now. Mm. Um, because as the, I'm big on, on, uh, I'm, I've always I do this with everybody I hang out with. Eventually, I end up getting them into some sort of thing that I do. Like photo video is a big one. I've I've taught like five different people. At yeah. least I've given them the like the, Intro. the pitch. Like you could you should get into this. It's a good gig for people like you because of X and Y. Um, yeah. And similarly, like I think my angle for you and for everybody is that they are able to at least record themselves doing demos, if nothing else. Like they are just able to get their ideas out because mm-hmm. I think that in the future records will be made less and less by committee like the worst case scenario for me is that i am something i'm a vocalist i walk into a studio it's like this guy's gonna write the song this guy's gonna produce it and this guy's gonna make the video and this guy's gonna post it on spotify or whatever you're like okay i'm now giving up 90 percent of my potential revenue from this song because there's a songwriter there's a producer there's a person pushing it and there's like a fucking engineer and you're just like if you can have the wherewithal to know how to like do your stuff yourself, not only can you actually just release that and people will like it, but if you're in a studio, you're just wasting less time. You're like, I know the chords. I'm not going to sit down with a guitar player and he's going to like fucking, I'm going to sing and he's going to figure out voicings for the chord. Like we're not going to waste any time with that. You're going to walk into the studio straight up and just be like, okay, I have 12 hours that I've booked to get like this, this and this done. Like if I could, I would go record vocals and drums in a, so, yeah, because it's yeah. just like so much fucking energy to try to fix. Maybe piano too. Yeah, uh, but if you can, if you can do it yourself, it's just better for you across the whole board. So the fact that you're doing guitar vocal right now is great. And then as time passes, it wouldn't surprise me at all if you started to uh, 
And you're at piano, you could also do as well. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if you start getting more into like, okay, I know what kind of drum groove I want. I know what kind of stuff. And it, and just like over time. Yeah, that's the thing is that I'm just like not aware of what there is accessible to me. <laughs> like me neither, I, really. I, I guess I know it feels that way. I know that I know stuff, but it feels like I, uh, it, I guess it just perpetually feels like you don't know anything. Because every time you learn something, you learn like three things that you don't know. It's like the Wikipedia mm-hmm. yeah. thing where you go on a page and like there's a million things that have blue, that are blue and they have uh, underlines and it's like showing you there's a link into another Wikipedia page. Yeah. You're like, oh fuck, I'm going to go down the hole of like all these things I don't know. So similarly, I think that um, it's like that with everything really and music and just like, Especially when you're doing like music, but not only like your instrument, you're also doing singing and genre and engineering and gear, and you start learning the difference between different amps and the difference between different pianos and unicords versus having three notes and and different keyboards and VSTs and yeah, you know you start learning the differences all. And like I said, you start unearthing like oh, there's all this stuff I had no idea about. Yeah, I didn't know that things needed to be maintained. Like a big thing for me lately is like I think I figured out how to set up instruments though. Oh really? Yeah, I've Great. Set up, like, Can you do multi- my electric? <laughs> I've sent up multiple guitars this week. Oh really? Fix the neck, fix the intonation. Yeah. Oh great, because also yeah, there's like one. There seems to be sometimes on the E string of my acoustic where it just like isn't in tune. Even if it's in tune when I tune it, mm. I, when I press down a fret, it's like nope, we're gonna go sharp. So sad thing about the acoustic guitar, that's the one where I would give it to a specialist because oh, okay. they often have to like. Okay. Add like but a, my electric too is like when I put the capo up higher, it gets all fun. The electric I can help with for sure. I mean, <laughs> actually, I would just I have a little multi tool for guitars that I bought. That I'll just okay. show you because what happens is, it's really interesting actually. If your string is hovering above the above the frets, mm-hmm. you have to think. You have to imagine that a, that the string and the frets like line up with each other. Yeah. And only if the string is the right length. Mm. Okay. So if it's too short. Then by the time you get to the twelfth fret, you're already hitting kind of the thirteenth fret on the twelfth yeah. fret because the, the scale is too short. So literally, like you're just stretching the string out so that above the twelfth fret is the right length mm. to be like actually halfway between okay. the bridge and the nut. And that's why the um, your bridge goes forward and back and up and down, okay. up and down. Like basically, it's it's for the uh, int- it's for the um, Fret bar, if you adjust the neck and you're getting buzz and such, you can yeah. like raise the bridge a little bit. You can raise the string. Some people like their action higher for slide and stuff. But if you want to adjust the pitch of the note of the string, especially as you move up the fretboard, then it's just about the length. And it often takes two or three cranks to lengthen or shorten the string so that it actually lines up with where the frets are. So that at the 12th fret, it's exactly halfway. And at the fifth fret, it's exactly, you know, a, uh, it's exactly a fourth. Okay, you know, that that's why, stuff. like at the bottom of the or like the 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 fattest part of the guitar, like where the strings come to their end. I don't yep. know how to describe sure, it. That's fine. Um, they're all like different lengths. It's they're all not different just lengths, like a flat. Yeah, yeah. It has to do with the thickness of the string. Where you okay. get different string thicknesses, it kind of changes it up, and uh, it also changes the fact that like as your as your neck becomes more bowed. Mm. Like literally, think of like a bow. Yeah. As it gets more bowed, the strings actually get closer to each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so the way that you do that is you adjust the 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 uh, truss rod in the neck, which just straightens it out. It just adds oh. more or less relief on the okay. neck. And then, so you can start by going like, okay, the neck is bowed as fuck. Like in the middle of the guitar, the strings are this far off. 
It means that it's bowing if there's all this room. So first you straighten the neck and you make the action a little straighter, and then you check, okay, how how's the scale going? And if it's not the right length, you just give it a few cranks. And it's, but I've adjusted the most satisfying thing is adjusting the bass. You yeah. adjust the bass, you get it right where it needs to be, and then everywhere you start playing, it's like super in tune. Oh, Everything nice. just gels. It's such a small subconscious thing that shit's out of tune. Yeah, but it can kind of work in your favor. It adds a bit of wow factor. Like mm. wow is literally what they call it, and. Oh, okay. Which is like this wavering, oh, okay. like old vinyl waver. Yeah, so it can add a bit of that, yeah. but too much, and it's you know it ends up being terrible. But mm. um, but uh, I don't know how we got into this, but but you being able to uh, play acoustic guitar right now, I would bang out like twenty five songs of just acoustic guitar and vocals. Oh really? Just like, 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 like release them? Out, yeah, just like get them out of your system, mm. because to me it's like it. The way I think about it is like um. If you can't, if you if you feel totally drawn to making like full on dub music, then like okay, then maybe get a well. Certain songs, I feel like I want that electric guitar sound or something. Yeah, that's know? cool though. That's still guitar, and in, in my opinion, like acoustic guitar songs can have accoutrement for sure. But if you want to make music that's like mine is mine is, mine is situated in guitar, bass, and drums. Like the mm. things I'm making right now are like based on. And jazzy piano, like there, it's like the base of it is like these instruments. Yeah. If I strip it down, it'll be that. It'll be a stripped down song. This yeah. is after releasing fifty acoustic numbers. Yeah. I'm kind of like I'm over that a little bit. I kind of want to go to the next thing. But if you can do it, because it's like imagine if you work at a restaurant and you've got like a million, you have like a fucking bucket of halibut. You're just like, can somebody push the halibut? Because we have so much of it, and it's just gonna go to waste. And we might as well just sell this, and then, you know. Once yeah. that's gone, we can focus on on our other proteins and we can balance it out. <laughs> but just imagine that you've got, as a business, you have this, like, because you've never released any tunes, really. You have this mine of content that's just mm. sitting there that you yeah. can mine. I have a song in my heart. Yeah, like, write a song around a 251. Write mm. a song around 2-1, just like The Police or Matter of Time. Write a song just around 2-1. and one. Like, yeah. it's in my mind, it's like, use these progressions the two five one the one four five the two one the the one six four five the yeah. like all the all this shit like use them and then go from there once you're like okay i feel like i'm just running shit now or it's like i can't get out of this box that i put myself in then i would be like introduce it introduce some other instruments and immediately it just like breaks it all open and then in the middle of that you can throw out an acoustic tune and it feels like a fresh yeah, you know, move or whatever, but but uh, that's just what I would recommend as someone who's a little further into this than you mm-hmm. is is don't and this is my this is my advice to everybody don't worry about growing up too quickly. Yeah, in general with anything, just really try to enjoy the process. And generally speaking, like I think about this all the time. It's like I try to just enjoy the time right now, even if it is difficult, because it's just like I will look back and think like, oh man, the loss was not nice. When you're in it, it's so easy to just miss all of it because you're just like, uh, you don't care at all. But it, it's just it's important to like just try at some point to to enjoy where you're at a little yeah. bit. The loft was so close. It was so close, like because yeah. it was so peaceful at times. Like I remember in the winter waking up to those giant windows and there was snow falling and we would have our coffee and. It was just so Privacy. nice, big, functional sp- kitchen, huge space. Like, see, like having there's something about having like so much space above your head that feels really like, ah, oh, I don't feel claustrophobic. But 
then we couldn't get any work done in there because it was too fucking loud at all times, even at 4 a.m. But the beautiful, <laughs> we, we lived in this great loft for a year. Yeah. Which is kind of nice because it's just it was just like a goal of mine yeah. to live in a space like that. And the magic of the space never wore off. It was no every, I would always, especially when we had people over, Yeah, I would be like, this place is fucking beautiful. It yeah. is so nice to live in here. I just wish that I had like a studio down the hall. Yeah, I know exactly. Or something like I yeah. just wish I had a yeah. A we could live in space. A, we could. I could see us living in a loft again if we had a like an, a studio like like a block away from our apartment or like that would be such a goal to have like a beautiful plateau loft or something and then like have like a little. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people do workspace. You know, is I hook up with another guy who's got a bunch of gear mm-hmm. and we rent a space together. Yeah, and we. Yeah, exactly. Because you can get you can get studio like Pat, you know my barber in Montreal. Mm-hmm. He's paying like a hundred bucks a month. Oh my god, that's nothing to have a crazy beautiful studio filled with like five different engineers worth of gear. Wow! So you're like, fuck yeah, that's we've awesome. got all this stuff laying around and it's super cheap. Like, you know that I would that would be. That would be something if it, if we didn't live in Vancouver. That would be something that I would. Well, uh, think I mean, about. also like, I'm not goals. Also, also to like agree. we could do that in Vancouver if we had enough. If we were making bank, you know, <laughs> like we could yeah. do that in Vancouver for I don't a while know. too. Then there's that other thing where it's like, there's the other there's the other socialism aspect of it, which is like you know if something breaks, like who, it, it, that is kind of sketchy. Respond- yeah, there's like. The sharing of gear is that. Gotta make sure you got responsible people in there with you. Yeah, that's the difficulty. Is like it's any other thing. And Can't I also get ice love cream on your lens, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's tough, but um, but yeah, I had a to to uh, to close this out. I had a I had a day yesterday where I felt like the biggest thing that I the biggest thing that I was thinking was that um there was a. Uh, there was a, a part of my chain wasn't working. Like literally part of my, you know when you plug in a bunch of guitar pedals and you just don't have any sound? Yeah. You're like, okay, something isn't plugged in. Some, like That's what was happening to me. felt mm-hmm. like this workflow wasn't working. There's some piece missing. And the piece was your art cannot be directly related to your income without compromising. Yeah. And compromising is painful to me to to do with music I, I i have such a hard time not i this is why i just got fired from every job I ever had i just like couldn't conform i couldn't like just clock in smile and nod clock out i was like just miserable working i yeah. just would look miserable I hated I, performing. i'd have a bad attitude yeah i just would be like performing and selling stuff that you don't believe in like yeah selling stuff you don't believe in that's a great and that's fuck. that's what it would be I think if I was on Instagram or something going like, do you want to, you know, improve your Instagram numbers? Like how to get to a million Instagram followers. And I have a thousand. Yeah. She's like, if this is how you get a million, why don't you have a million? How yeah. could you possibly, but this is, and, and thankfully recently, um, you know, I, I've, I think we're seeing a, a tide turning on this, which is people telling you how to get results and they themselves have not had to get the results yet to mm. sell the book. Yeah. Like how to become social, how to become a social media phenomenon. It's just like from whom, who the fuck is writing this? And if you are a phenomenon, why don't I know about you? I know there's so much of that on Instagram. There's people who have used bots and whatever, and they always have like 
There's also the people that think they're going to get you to like another wedding photographer liked like 15 of my photos. And I'm like, what do you think is like, I'm not like, I'm sure it works for some people, but like, I think it's just out of courtesy. They just go, they just are like, well, it's like, they liked all my things. I'm going to go like them. Exactly. And then there's no, there's probably not very much natural engagement back and forth because it's like, this was predicated on a, like, it's like, it's like the uh, how the squeegee people work. Mm-hmm. You know, they go before you really consent, and then you feel bad, so you throw them some change. Like it's yeah. predicated on this. Like I'm gonna, as long as I could start before they can tell me not to, I am legally owed like whatever change you have in your thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's that there's that thing where it's like it's the same with the glasses store. Yeah, it's like if I keep pressuring this person, they might go like, oh, okay, yeah, like these look great. Uh, you know, I, I do need glasses. Uh, you know, like if they can com- if they can convince someone who is in there it's like the hard sell you know yeah actually at warby parker before i we found ollie quinn um the guy like told me which ones looked good on me and i like did not agree and i don't think you did either i i told you <laughs> about this i went to a i went to a uh, glasses store when i bought the ones i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. and uh they wanted me to buy this style that i had already and i already owned that i was yeah. like and i was trying to move away from them yeah um which was this kind of 1960s news anchor type like yeah heavy on top nothing on the bottom yeah you know like the buddy hollies yeah kind of, kind of yeah kind of, no not the buddy hollies because those are wayfarers um it's just like you you, you I, know, I know what i'm I talking know. about I know yeah what yeah you mean. this cla- it's a classic kind of 60s man yeah look um and uh, and I was just kind of tired of them. Like it was early twenties, and I was like, I, I don't. I kind of want to move away from that. I like this simple, nineties round, small. Like I was like fine with that. And uh, trying them on, I had three different salespeople around me, going like, "You shouldn't buy those. Don't buy them." And one of them was like, "You would have to be a fool to buy those." Oh my god! And I was like, okay, bought them, picked them up, wore them. Nothing but compliments. Yeah, I've got nothing but compliments on them because <laughs> turns out I'm not trying to attract 50s French Canadian women who work <laughs> at glasses stores. Like that isn't my target demo. So yep. it turns out that when they were like, oh, "I don't like these on you," it's like, well, thankfully I am not trying to meet you at a bar and pick you up. Because <laughs> if I was, I would buy the ones that you think are cool. Yeah. Why Cat Stevens wears like a leather jacket and aviators because he's 80 and he's trying to pick up 60 year olds. <laughs> you know, it's just it. like. I love it. Yeah, it's just yeah. Anyway, so this music is, is coming in. Normally I have to place it, but today we're... Oh, look at that. So we're hitting it right on the mark for around an hour. You save yourself so much energy. Yeah, I try to save myself <laughs> so much time. I'm just making sure that... Okay, all right. <laughs> so we need to introduce... Hi, my name is just oh. Daniel Smith. My name is Elena. Right, bye. bye.